From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Hello there, I'm Graham VK4BB. This is WIA News for week commencing August 7, 2011. Next weekend is our big Remembrance Day weekend. Don't forget you can read the text of this website on wia.org.au and remember, if you are reading it, to thank a teacher. Now, if you're reading it in English, you should thank a soldier, sailor or airman. Remembrance Day, next weekend. A South East Queensland-based security worker who was called insulting names on CB radio has won a $5,000 payout from her former boss. The woman, from Eagleby, south of Brisbane, hailed from the former Yugoslavia and complained to the Anti-Discrimination Commission over offensive comments allegedly made by a security business owner. The 65-year-old woman's complaint shone a light on the abusive culture of some UHFCB radio transmissions, with one witness admitting he had even encouraged his four-year-old daughter to use racially loaded terms. The tribunal was told the security firm had previously employed the complainant's son, but fell out with the son in 2008 prior to the alleged abuse. The culture of the CB radio conversations between the parties, witnesses and other users is carried out in an abusive tone with racially vilifying and sexually harassing words and connotations, the tribunal said. You can read more at www.brisbanetimes.com.au And now, WIA Director Ewan McLeod, VK4ERM. The following information from the ACMA will be of future interest to radio amateurs travelling in the Meekathara region of Western Australia. The Australian Communications and Media Authority has enhanced the radio quiet protections for the Midwest Radio Quiet Zone, or RQZ, in remote Western Australia, near Bilardi Station, around 200 kilometres east of Meekathara. The RQZ was established in 2005 to provide an environment that protects highly sensitive equipment used for radio astronomy from unwanted telecommunication signals. These arrangements protect the radio telescopes currently in place at the Murchison Radio Astronomy Observatory, as well as those proposed in the Australia-New Zealand bid to host the Square Kilometre Array, or SKA. A clear regulatory framework to support radio quiet arrangements will further assist Australia to create the world's best radio astronomy facility, said ACAM Chairman Chris Chapman. This will provide a platform that should be ideal for future radio astronomy projects, including the 1.5 billion euro SKA project. Mr Chapman said the new protection measures provide greater clarity and certainty on the arrangements that protect radio astronomy services in the RQZ. The new measures continue to provide for radio quiet while supporting the use of spectrum by other users and placing the lowest feasible burden on industry in the region, said Mr Chapman. Mr Chapman said the new protection measures will not significantly change the nature of spectrum access and radio quiet arrangements in the Midwest. RQZ. This will enhance protection for the RQZ by upgrading the existing statements of ACMA administrative practice to more formal regulation, Mr Chapman said. The introduction of the enhanced protections for the RQZ follows a very extensive consultation process in which the ACMA sought the views of interested stakeholders. The ACMA has also today 
released a response to submissions paper that outlines the rationale behind the final package of measures. The paper can be accessed via the internet, as can stakeholder submissions. This is Ewan, VK4ERM, wishing you safe travels. Home of the good guys, VK2APQ. Next Sunday, the 14th of August, Pierce VK2APQ turns 100 and his family has arranged a function for him to be held at the Bankstown Trotting Recreational Club. A buffet lunch available for purchase and the time between 11.30am and 3pm. Now the address of the Trotting Club is 178 Eldridge Road, Bankstown. It's not far from the Bankstown Airport. If you would like to attend, please contact Pat Skiers today the 7th at the latest on 0404-486-406. VK2APQ, 100 years and one of the good guys. From the good to the bad. Have you ever wanted to be bad? Well, a large group of VK and ZL amateurs are going to be bad for three days. In fact, they are going to be very bad. VK3BAD, that is. VK3BAD will be active from Cape Liptrap from Friday the 19th of August through Monday the 22nd of August from Bear Gully Cottages, just down the road from the Cape Liptrap Lighthouse. Our team of 18 amateurs will be active on most HF bands, so please listen out for us when we are not cooking steaks, drinking wet wine and generally having a bad time. We'll be on the air and eager to answer your call. This is John, VK3DQ, who's going to be a bad boy. Well, from VK3BAD, you'll also be listening for VK3WI during the International Lighthouse and Lightship weekends, and also during next weekend, the Remembrance Day weekend. When you hear VK3WI, make sure you earn your bonus points towards the Amateur Radio Victoria Century Award. VK4 and Q News... Now, in the local Q News edition, each and every week, Jeff Emery, VK4ZPP, pops along with a little bit of thinking and a little bit of reflecting. This week is something a little special, and I thought we'd share it with the whole of Australia. Over 90 years ago came the end of the war to end all wars, the First World War as we know it now. For electronics, this was some sort of proving ground for the new technology of wireless. It also saw the use of the flying machine, the armoured tank and bloody, exhausting and stagnant trench warfare. The presence of the Australian and New Zealand troops in the Dardanelles campaign gave us the National Day of Remembrance, Anzac Day. In the Northern Hemisphere, the wearied combatants came to remember the signing of the peace treaty as Armistice Day, with silence at the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month. This tradition continues today. This year, we have military personnel active in various places around the globe, and some of these people are fellow radio amateurs. The tradition amongst the Australian radio fraternity is to remember those amateurs who have died whilst on active duty, with a broadcast ceremony followed by a contest. The second weekend of August is the date of this contest, and I encourage you all to participate in the Remembrance Day. I'm Jeff Emery, and that's what I think. And good thinking there, Jeff. Now, last week we heard of the F Troop in WA. VK6FLAB runs that net. But not only the net, on the local VK6 news, they've been running a discussion point titled, What Use is an F Call? 
And again, let's share this with the whole of Australia. What use is an F-call? Last week I was talking to an amateur in Esperance from Fremantle on 21 megahertz, and um, he was bemoaning the notion that he needed to upgrade his licence because with 10 watts you couldn't do much. Little did he know that the week before I was sitting in exactly the same spot with my puny little F licence, as, uh, as he thought of it, and I was talking to Portland, Oregon. I was listening on 7.146 and a CQ came out from a call sign I didn't recognise and I answered and sure enough an answer came back and then I found he was talking long path to South Africa and here I was with my puny little 10 watts talking to him. He was pumping out 400 watts and he was amazed that I was doing this off batteries with no amplifiers, no anything and handmade antennas and you know he couldn't quite believe that you didn't have to spend thousands of dollars to make that kind of distance. So your F call can do more than you think. You just have to figure out how to make it do that. That's the challenge. Not more power. Use it better. I'm VK6, Fox Lima Alpha Bravo. The WIA National News Service. We hear from our directors, Philip Adams, VK3JNI, and Michael Owen, VK3KI, our WIA president. This is Michael Owen, VK3KI. Applications for club grants for 2011 closed on 25th of July. In the WIA's release of 27 July, we reported that only a disappointing three applications had been received. Since then, one club has asked that a late entry be accepted and offered very legitimate reasons for the lateness of the lodgement of the application. The WIA board has decided to accept that application. It is also conscious of the fact that other clubs may be in a similar position and so it has decided to also accept any other late application that is lodged at the WIA office by not later than 4pm Victorian time next Tuesday the 9th of August 2011. Reasons for the lateness of the lodgement are not required. Go to the WIA website for full details of the scheme. Clubs are reminded that this year grants will be given for projects falling into either of two categories. One, projects and activities to be conducted before 1 June 2012 to attract new amateurs but focused on people under 25 and 2. Amateur radio projects that are useful and innovative and utilise both information technologies and radio communications. If your club is planning to take advantage of this extension, it would be helpful if you could let the WIA manager, Mal Brooks, know as soon as possible. Email Mal or telephone Mal between 10 and 4 any day. However, clubs are advised that any applications received after 4pm next Tuesday, the 9th of August, will not We've be considered. radio operators and the scout movement worldwide preparing for the 54th Jamboree on the air over the weekend of the 15th and 16th of October 
it is timely to ask ourselves how we will keep the interest of our young teenage visitors. I sometimes wonder if we are all too welded to our HF radio microphones. Some amateurs find it interesting to tune the HF bands, looking for an interesting contact. While we do this, our visitors, who live in an online social media world, may well tune out. Take more than 10 seconds to make something happen, and their interest is already going somewhere else. Would we be better to use IRLP or Echolink to provide the initial clear and easy to understand communications with the distant party or scout group? Sure, keep the spot of tuning the HF radio with the headphones on and make a spare pair of cans available for the very interested participant. Once a clear contact is established, some of the keener visitors will be happy to listen in. Some will be happy to become involved with the microphone too. I recently watched the internet display activity on WSPR, known as Whisper, showing the activity on the HF bands. I thought this is an ideal way to show how the bands open and close to different places at different times. It is very visual, takes little effort to run, and can provide a good guide to where we may make that voice contact. Other digital modes including slow scan TV hold an interest for young people. I find it interesting to watch, then try to guess what the picture is that is slowly appearing on the screen. If we reflect on our demonstration stations and decide that they may be a little slow or dull, we may consider how to lighten them up. The methods will be deployed to attract and to keep our visitors interested in our activities for more than a short moment may certainly be enhanced by a little more colour and movement than what the S-meter can provide. This has been Philip, VK3JNI. Produced by Q News for the WIA, this is the National News Service, relayed throughout Australia and originates from VK1 WIA. International news with thanks to RSGB, Southgate, Amateur Radio Club, the ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. National DAB Plus, on air in Germany. Germany, Europe's biggest radio market, is now broadcasting digital radio in all major cities and autobahns. 27 transmitters around the country are on air today delivering new radio content to 40 million people. German listeners now have 14 new digital services to choose from and radio broadcasters now have the opportunity to diversify their program offering, something which is no longer possible in Germany on FM. In addition to these groundbreaking audio services, further value-added data services will be provided in the national and regional broadcasts. These data services include advanced text information, DL+, slideshow, electronic program guide and TPEG service. 90 ELF is Germany's football radio station. The program broadcasts all matches of the first and second grade and complete German Football Federation Cup and selected matches of the Euro and Champions Leagues Live. Reaching more than 1 million listeners per match day via internet distribution, 90 ELF has access to 57 million new potential listeners through broadcast via digital radio. The new digital radio standard DAB Plus not only enables 90 ELF to broadcast a 90-minute match, but also allows the parallel distribution of full-length matches via multi-channels.
Police operation to rescue Norway terror attack victims hampered by communications blunder. Southgate ARC have a report in from the Daily Mirror which says that Norwegian police were plunged into total chaos by a catastrophic breakdown in communications after mass killer Anders Brevik struck. Brevik slaughtered 69 people on Utøya Island just hours after killing eight with a bomb in Oslo, but it took police 79 minutes to reach the island and paramedics did not arrive for another 10 to 15 minutes. The blunder occurred because district police used an old analogue radio system while the elite Delta unit dispatched to tackle the gunman and paramedics had switched to a new secure digital network. Police commanders had to contact different units via email and even fax as the mobile network was down. Ham radio enthusiast Finn Johansson listened in to the ambulance chief and he said he was in a panic shouting, where is the police, where is the police? And it sounded like total chaos. News, talk and radio sport, here with VK1 WIA. Hello listeners, I'm Peter Harding, VK4OD, the WIA RD Contest Manager. Today being Sunday the 7th of August, next weekend is the RD Contest. As I have asked in the past, I would ask if when you send your login, either by electronic or postal means, please ensure that you have the correct postal address. Anybody requiring any of the forms posted to them, please contact me ASAP. In the coming week, I will finalise the opening speech and send out a special email via the usual weekly news server. For those people that are handwriting their logs, please write your logs in a legible manner, as in the past some logs have been very, very hard to decipher. With the available variations of categories for the RD contest, and if you are unsure of which you wish to enter, then please drop me a line to rdlogs at wia.org.au and I'll do my best to answer your question. Good luck in the contest, and I look forward to receiving more logs than I did last year. And good luck in the management again this year of the RD, Peter. And the date again, of course, is August 13 and 14. One month and counting. Oceania DX Contest Preliminary Notice. Phone. The first full weekend in October each year from 0800 hours UTC Saturday to 0800 hours UTC Sunday. CW. The second full weekend in October each year from 0800 hours UTC Saturday to 0800 hours UTC Sunday. Log deadline for phone and CW logs. 28 days after the end of the CW contest. Continuing operational news from Ingham, I'm Felix VK4FUQ and 2DX. South Sudan de-expedition. Here is information from Paul, N6PSE, regarding the South Sudan de-expedition. Dispatch Juba. The ST0R team continues to work through the pile-ups, now passing the 60,000 QSO mark. Continuing to run five stations and trying to get QSOs into the hands of all those who need them. As is the custom and practice of the Intrepid DX group, local youth have visited the operation. 25 boys from the Juba Secondary Boys Academy. Boys toured the ST0R shack and were shown the various aspects of amateur radio. We allowed them to listen as we made QSOs across the world. We have recorded this visit on the ST0R photos page. HTTP colon forward slash forward slash www.com dxfriends.com forward slash 
Southern Sudan 2011 forward slash photos dot php. At the halfway mark of the de-expedition and active until August the 10th, 2011. WB6OJB will be on the air as 7PAJK from Lesotho between September the 15th to the 22nd. While other information was given, during his last Lesotho operation he was on the high frequency bands from 40 to 10 metres, using mostly SSB with some CW. QSL direct to his home call sign, WB6OJB. PB2JJ will be active as 9H3JN from Malta between September the 2nd and the 14th. Operations will be on 80 through 10 metres mostly CW with the possibility of some SSB. QSL this operation via his home call sign PB2JJ. Entries mount for the International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend. With just weeks to go, the big entry improvements are from Australia, Chile, Portugal and the USA. They have already exceeded previous records and a few more countries are about equal at last year's total. Organisers believe that the International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend on August the 20th and 21st is on track to match the total of 447, with many entries expected in coming days. Around Australia we see VK2 on 17, VK4 with 12, followed by VK3 on 11, then VK7 with 9, VK6 has 6 and VK5 on 5. The total exceeds 60. Welcome to our newest country, Thailand, to be put on the air by Simon Luttrell, HS0ZIB, from the Golden Jubilee Lighthouse at Fromthrip Cape, Fouquet. The 48-hour event is not a contest, but it's plenty of fun. Those participating are requested to take the time to work others, as well as the slow operator, new licensee or QRP stations. Visit the revamped website for the latest and an online entry form at www.net. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, Inningham. From the WIA News Hub in Melbourne and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1WIA. Hi, I'm Robert, VK3DN, and today it's a look at the Q News workbench and Intruder Watch. Prosecution for illegal radio jamming. In ZL, a man has been sentenced for supplying illegal radio jamming transmitters after a combined effort between government agencies. The man admitted supplying radio jammers and transmitting outside the terms of his radio licence and was fined $2,000 in Porira District Court last month. This is a good example of government agencies working together to reduce crime in the community, says Radio Spectrum National Compliance Manager Chris Brennan. Radio jammers are increasingly being used as part of criminal activity. Our team of inspectors works hard to stop criminals getting access to this type of equipment. New Zealand's Ministry of Economic Development laid charges under the Radio Communications Act after police found the transmitters during a house search for drugs. The Q News Workbench, the Nuts and Volts Report. BAE Systems tests T-shirt antennas. Wired reports that BAE Systems have teamed up with the UK's National Physical Laboratory 
to measure the efficiency of radiation emitted from wearable antennas embedded into T-shirts. Wearable antennas could be a useful way of building communications networks in war zones or of monitoring and transmitting the health of a wearer. Given that they're worn on the body, it's particularly important to understand their performance. The human body absorbs electromagnetic signals, so researchers were concerned that the signals could lose power if worn too close. Now to special interest group news. Today we hear from Jim, VK3PC on amateur television, and Jack, VK3WW on the ARDF Championships. Things are really hotting up in preparation for the 8th IARU Region 3 ARDF Championships, which will be based at the Blue Light Camp in Malden, Victoria. International participants are getting very excited about travelling to VK and compete in these championships. If you are planning to pay the venue a visit and see what it is all about, we suggest that Saturday the 24th of September will be the best opportunity. Here you can watch competitors test out receiving equipment and get a feel for the Australian bush. This event will be followed by an orienteering event and later in the afternoon there will be the opening ceremony where WIA President Michael Owen, VK3KI, representing IARU, will welcome participants. Both the main events on Sunday the 25th and Tuesday the 27th will be conducted on closed courses. Plus the start locations are kept secret from competitors until they step off the bus. For this reason, there will be little opportunity to attend and view the competition unless you intend to compete or even volunteer. We are currently taking registrations from VK amateurs who are interested in attending and representing WIA at these championships. Volunteers are also welcome, and if you can spare some time on either or both of the competition days, we would love to hear from you. You will find more information regarding the event on www.r3.ardf.org.au or send an email to vk3.www.wia.org.au This has been Jack, VK3 Triple Whiskey, WIA ARDF Coordinator. Something new for digital television. A world's first DATV QSL party is to be held by VK3 RTV and around the world via the streaming media portal of the British Amateur Television Club. Organiser Peter Cousins, VK3 BFG, said it was most fitting that the event be part of the Amateur Radio Victoria Centenary, which runs from August 1st to November the 30th. What is planned is a digital amateur television QSL party over the last weekend of August to celebrate the 100th anniversary of Amateur Radio Victoria. Already there's interest around Australia and testing had begun while negotiations are being finalised with the BATC and the Amateur Television Network via Donhill KE6BXT. I'm Jim Linton at VK3BC and you're listening to VK1WIA. Thanks Jim. Now, on the social scene as we wrap up WIA National News for another week, the social scene, it's off to the top end. 
The monthly meeting was held last Wednesday at the club rooms in Sports House, Waratah Crescent, Fanny Bay. The following morning, another of the very successful weekly cuppa, cake and chat mornings was held. These have proved to be very successful since their inception. Thursdays and 10am is the time. If you're in the Darwin area on a Thursday, why not drop in and take part? Part of the morning was spent sorting out the large pile of offerings for the successful auction that was held on Saturday night after a barbecue tea. What more could you ask for on a beautiful balmy Saturday evening in Darwin in the dry? Our new foundation licensees have spent the first of two evenings building their own two-metre slim gyms. A simple antenna to build and set up. The Darwin Club has brought more than 30 new amateurs into the hobby through the foundation licence in the last 12 months, mostly through a liaison with the scouting movement. Some other repeater news from the Darwin area. The new Northern Suburbs repeater is up and running in Moyle on 146.950. Coverage reports have been excellent. This repeater does not require subtone to access it. The Palmerston VHF repeater on 146.9 and the Darwin City repeater and IRLP access on 147.000 now require a 123Hz subtone to access them due to the high levels of interference in the area. On behalf of the membership of the Darwin Club, I'd like to thank all those who made their way to Darwin for the National Conference weekend. It was a great pleasure having you here. Some sad news to report is the passing of Dan, VK8AN recently, after a long illness. This has been Spud, VK8ZWM, on behalf of the Darwin Amateur Radio Club. It's back to the VK1WIA news team. And from all the team, it's farewell to next week. I'm Graham VK4BB, catch you then, the big RD weekend. All take part in that contest. Good numbers, we'll see you then. Till then, walk softly. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.